Sometimes I feel like I've been in the ministry for <laughs> hundreds of years. A prayer. Spirit of God, touch our hearts and minds now with the power of your word, that we may be lifted above ourselves and into the glory of your kingdom. Amen. Now, I chose that reading this morning because it is an incredible reading and it's actually quite helpful, which is not always the case when you open the good book. It's helpful because it gives us four very clear instructions how to live at peace. Peace with ourselves, peace with our neighbors, peace with our strangers, Peace with our God. Four instructions. How to live at peace. And it's an incredible passage because when you think about who wrote it and you think about who received it. Paul wrote it. He wrote it when he was in prison waiting to be executed. And what does he write? Rejoice! Now, he was either some kind of nutcase, and many have wondered about his stability, or he knew something. He had, a, I think what they call it, a coping mechanism. It wasn't that he knew something. He knew someone. Because he doesn't just say to the church in Philippi, and this poor church, small church, Surrounded by other faiths, secularism, indifference, violence, crime. Nothing changes, you know. Surrounded by that, he says to this church, rejoice. Nothing worse in life than miserable sinners. I don't mind this, uh, not miserable sinners, miserable saints, <laughs> miserable Christians. Nothing worse. I don't mind the sinners being miserable. Rejoice, he says. Why? Point one. Rejoice in your union with the Lord. Rejoice in that relationship. I am not interested in religion, says God. I am interested in relationship. Yours with me, me with you. Rejoice in it, for goodness sake. I mean, I hear some people talk about Jesus or talk about their faith, and they're all hung up, and there's hardly any joy there. For goodness sake, rejoice in it. And you say, oh, yes, but. Never mind the buts. Paul says to them, rejoice in your relationship with God. Don't make it a burden. Don't make it, oh, I better not, and I better do. And Rejoice in it. It's the nature of true love between people. You rejoice in it. So he says to them, you Christians, will you please rejoice in the Lord? And people will look at you and say, well, they're either drunk, they don't know what's going on, or they know something, and I want to know that. The way we are will evangelize far more powerfully than anything we say. The way we are as a community, people will either want to be part of that community and know its secrets, 
or say, well, if that's it, I'm out of here. And it's not just, you know, Paul saying, cheer up, things could be worse. I did cheer up once, and they were. <laughs> Rejoice in your union with the Lord. Yes, particularly on Remembrance Sunday. When the danger of Remembrance Sunday is, we major on that which hurts. Rejoice in your union with the Lord. Whatever. And then the second instruction he gives is, show a gentle attitude towards everyone. That's the way to peace. Don't get screwed up about the way they are or how they might be. Stop pointing the finger because remember, three of them can't point back at you. Show a gentle attitude. Probably in the next lot that come, the next service, I might speak more on that. The, the Greek word, he said, the Greek word is epicura or epikia, gentle attitude. And it's almost untranslatable in English. If you look at all the Bible translations, you get a different thing. And Paul's saying to this church, be a people whose attitude towards everybody else is epikia, is non-judgmental, is gentle, is accepting, is loving because at the end of the day that's what will bring you peace have a think this Remembrance Sunday on the state of your attitudes to others because it's you that will get screwed up more than them <laughs> remember somebody saying to me once I'll never forgive you I said well that's going to be your problem because it probably won't be mine. Holy Spirit, change our attitudes so that we can be gentle, less neurotic. Over these last few years, when I haven't been very well, people keep saying to me, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. Fed up, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. I'm fine. Have a gentle attitude. Never criticize another until you've walked in their shoes for a mile. They're the way they are because of who they are and where they've been. Show a gentle attitude. And people will say, I like this community. I like the way they are. So, rejoice in the Lord. Show a gentle attitude. Third, don't worry about a thing. In all your prayers, ask God for what you need. That's the third element here. Hand over to God the things that you worry about. Because that worry, that anxiety, that fear, that doubt will rob you of peace. There will be no peace within us. 
Stop taking responsibility for the world or your grandchildren or your neighbor. Hand it over. Do you trust me enough? All the worrying I ever have about my grandchildren is not going to do them one iota of good. If I hand them over to him, then they have a chance. Because he can do for them far more than I can ever do. You're robbed of peace because you're worrying about. And that actually is a sign of mistrust in me, in my rule, my authority, my lordship, my kingship. Stop worrying about the state of the world. I will deal with it. And that's very hard. Because sometimes I think, particularly the Christian community, feels it does have a responsibility for, for the well-being of the world, for the morality of the world, for the, the, the upkeep of the world. Would you leave it to me? I am God. I am Lord of the living and the dead. Not you. Hand it over. Then you will know a peace that passes understanding. A peace that will keep your hearts and minds safe. Enjoy your union with the Lord. Have a gentle attitude to folk. Stop being, my wife longs to put a notice outside, and you know my wife a lot of you, put a notice outside our front door. Lovely woman lives here with grumpy man. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't quite got that far, but there are days. Have a gentle attitude, really. Forgive me, Lord, for the way I've been thinking about other people. other communities, other faiths. Hand over to him. Actually do it. Hand over to him. You, you spoke about highlights. One of the highlights in my ministry was working at Crowhurst Christian Healing Center where people would come so burdened by guilt, by fear, by doubt, by hurts, losses, rejections bereavement and sometimes say to them look, get a stone and this stone is all the hard bits inside you and put it on the table and say Lord you take them and I'll leave them here and to see that person just released as they handed it to him Forgive me, Lord, for worrying about things I can't actually do anything about. I'm pretending I'm God. And the fourth thing, that he, I'm conscious that we need a coffee. And the fourth thing is this. In conclusion, fill your minds with those things that are good. True, noble, honorous, light, honorable. Fill your minds. Come on, guys. What, what do we fill our minds with sometimes? You pick up the Daily Mail, my goodness me. What are you, sorry, there are other newspapers, of course. 
The telegraph, just as bad. No, seriously, this is a real issue in our time. I saw a statistic the other day about 600,000 people suffering from depression. It's the major disease amongst young people. Depression, anxiety. Are you surprised? Look at what we fill our minds with. The problem with 24-7 news is, for 24 hours a day, we can see the awful things that are going on in the world. We can see that murder, that rape, that abuse, that bombing, that killing, that starvation. No wonder we're on pills. Speak to yourself. Fill your mind, and it's not about being in denial. It's not about saying, well, there isn't such a thing as evil. Oh, there isn't such a thing as wickedness. There isn't such a thing as injustice. There is. But God is God. So fill your mind with that which is good. You know, even in the worst situation, I bet there's some kindness. Even in the midst, look at the Ebola thing. You can either focus on the disease that's killing thousands or the people who are sacrificing their life to care. Fill your mind with that which is good. You know, you stand in the queue there in the till and you hear people's conversations and, oh, in a terrible world? We have no right ever to say that. This is the world God so loved. Can you imagine God? Oh, what a terrible world. Think I'll finish it now. Fill your mind with that which is good. Kindness, love, affection, care. It's going on all the time. You catch glimpses of it occasionally. Not usually in the papers, not usually on the news. Now, I'm not saying don't look at the news. That would be stupid. That would be in denial. But remember, here is some of the news. Here is most of the news we've got from the police tonight. Not, here is how it really is. Here's how it really is. And with God, you know, all things are possible. We say that, we sing it. Let's believe it. Let's believe that one day it won't be always like it is. I wonder if during the second, any of the wars, either the first or the second, would people have ever believed that you could sit and lie on a beach in Normandy, in your bikini, oh, perish the thought, no. You could sit and lie on the beach in Normandy next to a German and have a good time. All things are possible. All things might yet change. Do not be anxious. Fill your mind with that which is good. A dear friend that used to say, no matter how lousy your day has been, no matter how difficult, no matter how hard, at the end of every day, you can give thanks to God. Even if the prayer is, thank God today is over. You see, Paul is saying to that small church, check your attitudes. Check your priorities. Check the way you are. And what a witness you'll be to a living, loving God. 
What a witness you'll be to Jesus at the center. What a witness you'll be in a world that doesn't give thanks, in a world that is burdened by care and, and, and fear. What a witness you'll be. What a witness you'll be when you remember the millions upon millions who have died through war and the results of war, and yet you can still say, into your hands, O oh Lord. Death is not the end. It's part of life. And it's a part that's been taken care of. Paul's four instructions to the church. Make of them what you will, dear friends. Just seem right on Remembering Sunday. We should remember these instructions. We should remember who we are. And who we are will transform the world. In Jesus' name. Amen.